Hi, I'm Marindi Leverett, accredited exercise physiologist and manager of the University of Southern Queensland Sport and Exercise Clinic. This series is about sharing with you mind and body health advice while we're stuck indoors during this period of social distancing and home isolation. Today's guest is Kurt Vogel from the Sport and Exercise Department at USQ. Kurt is also a private consultant for athletes and teams across a variety of sports. Kurt's going to explain how you can maintain your training regime through this enforced off-season. So as everyone is aware, all sports training and sporting games for children through to amateur and professionals has now ceased. How do you think this is impacting on Australians at the moment? Uh, it's a pretty big and broad question, I guess. Um, particularly, I guess, working in sports, you've got oh, so many people that have actually lost their jobs. So they're trying to find uh, different sorts of income. Uh, some major companies are still uh, employing in sports, which is which is great. But then you've got athletes that have uh, kind of not just lost part of uh, the job, but part of their life as well, particularly in uh, a semi-professional area as well, where that is their purpose to try and become a, an elite or professional athlete. So they're pretty much finding any kind of way to train and same as anyone else who has lost their job is trying to find any uh, a way to actually create some sort of income. So you've actually got one negative but you've got a positive aspect that people are actually really uh, getting creative with uh, their training, but also actually having to put a bit more effort into uh, their own, I guess, business side of things. And so you have a positive impact there where it's actually going to increase the possible private sector within sports performance. So it's, it's something which obviously uh, nations like America are massive on is their private institutions. So when you say privatising, what are you talking about there? Is that like rather than going through places like Queensland Academy of Sport, people are actually employing professionals privately to help train them? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, you'll have businesses which will uh, run full-time like a personal training studio, but they focus purely on athletic development. Places like uh, Hammer Athletic, Inspire uh, Health, Resistance Sports Science. So places like that are private businesses which will help athletes develop, but we'll actually have professional athletes train with them as well. And what kind of programs are they? Are they online or are they just sending them like training programs via email? Yeah, there's actually tons of different uh, businesses around Australia that are doing that. One of the best would probably be, although they're Sydney-based, uh, they work uh, with athletes online, uh, is Athletes Authority. They don't just give people a program, they'll give them a program, but they pit people into teams as well. So they actually compete against each other still through an online medium. So when you see a generic program that gets to someone, uh, gets sent to someone, these are individualized programs where they've given athletes equipment to take home and they still get to follow a program and regime in their own time with daily calls and checkups on how they're actually doing. Uh, so for coaches, it's uh, a lot of work online at the moment but they're still getting exactly what they need to put into uh, their sport, really. I've also seen that there's organisations like Netball Queensland who have an app that anyone can access. doesn't matter if you're a child, professional mm -hmm. netballer, whoever. They've made it available to everyone. Have you seen or heard of any other apps or online training programs that people could be accessing during this time? Uh, mainly just different organisations trying to run free seminars for people and try to run free 
challenges and programs for people. So Propel Perform are run by Grant Jenkins. He interviews a different professional coach from different organizations around the world each week. Uh, so Vald is other people behind Nordboard. They're getting seminars up uh, with people as well. Uh, so they're about five different people on a round table play so p-l-a-e they do actually have a free app for coaches so you can actually go on their app at any time not just in covid and access that type of information so those type of places are actually getting professionals on board to run uh, professional development for coaches but athletes can log on too and find a lot more information about how to train themselves too uh, and really how to progress in training. Uh, And I guess on top of uh, that little comment, you've got places like Athletes Authority that actually have online systems, which they're building over time called the Kevlar series, which at the moment they've just got some lower limb stuff online, but it's pretty much how to protect yourself from injury. And they give a whole program on basic, uh, say, calf training and how to progress that. Not just if you've had a calf injury, but how to protect from those injuries in future as well. So they give all that kind of free information out. And there's a few places around, but those ones that I mentioned, I think are probably the the best at the moment. P-L-A-E, so play, propel, perform, and valve. And there's more coming out each week. And you said before that some of these organizations have allowed athletes to take equipment home for them. What would you be recommending or you know, suggesting to people who haven't got that opportunity to access equipment through their club or whatever organization they might have belonged to? What are some ideas or some simple pieces of equipment they could be utilizing to ensure they can keep their fitness up whilst we're in this self-isolation? We've got plenty of uh, different options. So first of all, even before we talk about equipment, uh, sprinting is one of the best uh, uh, bang for buck exercises, not just going for a run, but actually running a sprint program because you get high velocity, high force activity. And it is a protector against uh, most lower limb injuries as well. Uh, Rather than just going, here's uh, a Nordic Hampton curl, sprinting is the most beneficial to protect from injury, but get better at performance but when we talk about equipment you can use so many different things so this is a conversation that could happen for probably an hour um but first of all i kind of stick to a few basic rules for people that i work with and one is find some way to increase or maximize your amount of force and so what i've actually done for people is if you buy uh some rope just about the thickness of your finger then you can use that for isometric maximal force type exercises to get some sort of maximal force to start a session off. So isometric mid-thigh pulls are a classic one people know of, but you can do all types of isometrics. And what you do is you just wrap the rope around your hands, put it under your feet, and you pull as hard as you can at different angles. Now, you may not be moving, but that force you're eliciting is higher than anything you can actually move. Uh, So there's your high force activity to begin with. And what you do is run that in five second blocks. So you go, okay, push as hard as you can for five seconds, rest for five seconds, repeat five times, and there is set one. And then you've got three sets of that before you can then move into other exercises um, where you could, uh, a good example, if you want to keep using that rope is as you uh, start lower, keep it wrapped around and as you push up, you can release the rope out gradually. Just have glo- uh, like some sort of gardening gloves on so you don't burn your hands if you push up too fast or release too fast. But there's an example of just one simple piece of rope which you can actually get a full workout out of. 
you can still get bands. Uh, so power bands are a really great way to add force. But without force, all you need to do is add some sort of height into any routine if you're looking at building some sort of force. And what I mean by that is if you jump over, say, a water bottle, then your landing is about two to four times higher than that of just doing a squat. So you jump over a water bottle, land quietly, so land softly, and you've got a high amount of force uh, and you have to control that force down. You can do the same with push-ups. So actually start from a kneeling position and try and catch yourself before landing on the ground. Try to have something soft underneath you the first time you try it. But that adds force and a high amount of force onto those limbs. So you've got a bunch of different variations you can use. You can fill items up like water bottles and stuff like that. They're a little bit too low for force that you want, uh, depending on the population you're dealing with. Uh, Some people have actually bought concrete, put in a bucket, put some dowel in it, and they've made their own barbells out of little bits of concrete and dowel. So people are getting really inventive. So you can do so many things. Uh, Nikolai Morris from uh, New Zealand High Performance Sport, she wraps up a bunch of her textbooks uh, into a cotton bag and she uses those for uh, kettlebell swings or some people will fill up buckets of water and put it on the end of a, uh, a thick dowel and use it for deadlifts and squats. So you've got so many different things you can use. I just try and stick to something a little bit less time consuming to try and make such as rope and then just changing in uh, types of force. In terms of health and safety, then people are pretty much doing their, their own risk if they're going to fill Absolutely. up buckets of concrete. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So. Okay. So I guess then, as we were all aware, everyone or most people are working from home or studying from home. So thinking of those kids stuck at home, I know a lot of the schools have been really proactive in sending out videos and YouTube clips of PE activities the kids could be doing. But I guess trying to keep the kids away from the screen, what are some quick sports skills or activities parents or carers could be doing with the children just to keep them active and maintain their skills whilst they're in isolation? Uh, I guess the thing about kids is they actually like any type of activity. Um, So uh, particularly being indoors, anything with tennis balls, and I say tennis balls because they won't harm your walls or anything, Um, or even uh, you've got rubber and plastic frisbees around, just make sure you hide away monitors and and vases and stuff like that. But there's a bunch of different places that even give out activities like tennis things that you could do. So you can just put a rope uh, on some markers on a little height and you could uh, have mini tennis games with your hands, just a fun little activity. Uh, Or you could play handball inside. If you want to take it outside to the backyard, it's a little bit different so you can get a little bit more, I guess, creative with that type of uh, activity. But when you are just trying to get the kids to be active uh, rather than stay on their screens. Babies had an alarm every hour. They do something fun and active. So that way you've set an alarm to go alarm time, then bang activity for the next 15 minutes. And they might actually want to keep on doing that instead of stick to their screens. So it's just trying to mix it up a little bit. uh, Cause as you know, kids get bored quickly. (laughs) And that's why I say 15 minutes because uh, I think it's, I think there's recorded evidence of about seven to eight minutes as a focus or attention span of even an adult um, uh, for any type of skill learning activity. So you can kind of extend things to about 15 minutes at max before full focus is lost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I guess if you've got a trampoline, that's probably even better. Just get them jumping Absolutely. out on that. 
get that yeah. pent up energy out. Okay. Yep. So Kurt, we know there's a lot of um, sporting teams that aren't able to play at the moment. So what would you be recommending on how they should be training whilst they're waiting to get the go ahead that they can resume playing games? I'd say uh, treat it like a preseason, an extra long preseason, but develop the physical qualities as a, just an athlete before you develop the qualities of your sport. So if you look at rugby league, for example, you might be able to do some passing drills at home against the wall or something, but you're not going to be able to adapt your proper rugby league abilities. So develop your athletic abilities, your running, jumping, throwing, those type of activities, which will increase not just your coordination, but your general athletic awareness. And then when you actually move back to your sporting activity, guarantee you'll find that uh, you'll uh, be a better athlete in your sport by doing something like that. Uh, The same goes for athletes like swimming, consider dry land training uh, to increase your fitness in the pool, but also you push off the wall. Uh, There's so many other sports around that you could do a preseason type activities or training for, but think about developing as a general athlete before the sporting athlete in periods like this. Well, thanks for your time today, Kurt. It's been really interesting talking to you um, about the whole sporting industry because I know it's been a massive upturn for everyone. Yeah, no problem. It's been great to chat about it. That's Kurt Vogel from the Sport and Exercise Department at the University of Southern Queensland. If you know of anyone who could make use of the information in this podcast, please tell them about it. Thank you for joining me. Have a great day.